What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. Oakland teachers are on strike. Today joining us to discuss are Sayuri Valenza, a 19-year veteran teacher um, at Bret Hart Middle School. She is on the Oakland Education Association Executive Board and on the OEA Bargaining Committee. Good morning, Sayuri. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming on the show. We're also joined by Pacolia Menigo, an OUSD parent, organizer of the Reparations for Black Students campaign. Good morning, Pacolia. Good morning. Long time, sis. Good to hear your voice. Um, Sayuri, I'm going to start um, with you. Talk about what the teachers are asking for in the new contract. The teachers are asking for better working conditions so that our students can have better learning conditions. Uh, We know that stability is really important, so we would like our teachers to want to stay and not go to other districts. Sorry, I'm on the line. So we are asking for fair compensation. Uh, We are just asking, and very reasonably, just not to be the lowest paid teachers and educators in the area. And so asking for an increase that would put us at the median um, pay level. We are asking for things like safe learning conditions for our students. So, for example, with climate change and everything, our rooms sometimes get to be 100 degrees. And this can be especially triggering for some of our newcomer students who have actually uh, been in situations where they've had to walk through the desert or be in detention centers. And that can be very triggering for them to be in a classroom with no windows at temperatures of, Mm. you know, up to 100 degrees. So things like that, that people might not be aware of, um, that obviously affect our students' learning conditions. Um, things like more nurses, more school nurses. We have medically fragile children. Um, at our school, we actually had to call parents and have stu- have parents pick up their students because we were so understaffed um, in our class that has our most vulnerable children. And they were not happy, right? But we do not pay a lot of our employees enough money, so we can't fill positions. Um, so those are just some examples of of our asks. So, Yuri, I'm guessing by the, the horn that we heard honk uh, at the beginning of your, your response, are you on site with, uh, at, at one of the picket lines? If so, where are you and, and what is what is the mood like? What's the tone and tenor like that? Um, I'm at Bret Hart Middle School, and we are on Coolidge. Um, we've got people out here with their signs. We've got donuts and coffee. Um, people are bringing their kids out. And um, so, yeah, so people are driving by and honking and giving their support. I think at some point we'll move up to the corner on MacArthur where we'll have some more visibility. But, yeah, already people have stopped by and dropped off food for us. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's good energy. We're a little sleepy, but we're here. Yeah, late late night last night. Pacolia, you're you're a parent. You're an organizer inside of the district. You have dedicated your life to demanding better uh, learning conditions, equitable outcomes for Black students, all students, but Black students in particular. Your 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 space and place about this strike. We were just here a few years ago. It seems like the district has amnesia because um, here we are again. Mm-hmm. 
Here we are again. Isn't it a sad day? Um, you know, I think that we have all really hoped that OUSD would come to the bargaining table with some understanding. I mean, the fact that we were a community school district and that we were able to pivot faster than other districts to meet the needs of our students during the pandemic, it's, it's almost like we have amnesia around how critical our educators have been to the sustainability of our city, um, especially for our children and youth. And so none of the demands that um, OEA is lifting up and really holding the line on are any different than what we've heard from students, from parents, from grandparents, from uncles and aunties. These are the things people really want to see OUSD address. And we've tried to organize through resolutions on the school board. We've tried to advocate at board meetings for the district to address these things. And it's important for folks to know that putting it in our uh, union contract, our teachers union contract, really helps to ensure that OUSD keeps its promises. And that's really what this strike is about. OUSD has broken promise after promise. Uh, it's closed historically black schools. Uh, we have filed um, as a Justice for Open Students Coalition a uh, attorney uh, general's complaint. Uh, you know, pushing that there has been discrimination. And we're also on the line to say we need the state, we need the county to really hold this district accountable because it's not holding up its promise to our students. We need our um, our teachers union to have a solid contract. It's seven months late. And that's just not acceptable. And I think most parents um, really can understand that. We see the impact of that in our classrooms, in our schools. We know that resources are not getting down to our classrooms and our schools, and I'm really proud that um, I'm, I'm not far from the school either, and all morning we've been hearing everyone in the neighborhood honking and making honk <laughs> chants um, because Oakland stands with our teachers. We, we fundamentally see what they see. We know that they are here on the line because it's in the best interest to get a better contract. Oakland really does stand with its teachers, and, and that's part of what I meant by the amnesia, and that's the phrasing I've been using since we started covering even the possibility of a strike, is because mm -hmm. what is firmly in my head, rooted in my head, is the the thousands of people that showed up and showed out for teachers, right, that day where OG Plaza was absolutely packed from of Oaklanders and beyond in support of teachers, and, and folks really understanding what teachers mean to our communities. Sayuri, I, I don't know if you're a parent or not, but wondering, wondering what have you heard uh, from families uh, about the strike? Um, so far, our families have been very supportive. Like, we're not seeing kids getting dropped off. Um, so even despite the short turnaround, I mean, I was texting the parents in my class. I'm a, I have a special day class, a self-contained class, but I was texting them, you know, like at 9 o'clock at night, just making sure... They understood what was going on. Um, I'm getting a lot of support from them. Hopefully a couple of them are going to come um, pick it with us. So the parents that I know have been nothing but supportive. And I think, you know, the parents don't have amnesia like the district does. Um, right. they, we, we got really, I, I feel like a lot of us grew very close and really bonded with our families, especially during the pandemic. I mean, it was a big deal for um, them to essentially let us into their home, you know, while we're on Zoom. And so yeah. I know 
teachers still talk about that, you know, what an intimate experience that was. I mean, it was hard. It wasn't the best learning conditions, but definitely, um, yeah, it was, it was an intimate experience. And I think we feel a lot closer to our families because of that. Hmm. Let's talk about where kids are are going um, because it does. I mean, it does have an impact, right? They uh, for parents who want to mm-hmm. support the strike, you're not going to take them to school. Um, that has consequences for some parents in, in terms of, of their work. Some parents uh, are organizing. I understand solidarity schools where kids can be dropped off, receive care, get learning. Um, that's one way families. <laughs> I love the live soundtrack for this segment this morning. That's one way families uh, are putting in in work to support the teachers. As they strike, I don't know, Pacolia, maybe you can speak to solidarity schools, what it takes to put those together uh, in pretty rapid turnaround. Yeah, I I just want to shout out all the parents and all the educators who have been really working hard to um, put together solidarity schools. And, you know, I don't have in front of me the actual list because I'm on my cell phone. But um, I think that there are, in every school community, there's been people trying to help parents who do need access to, um, you know, care for the day. Um, We do understand there are parents who can't just pivot, um, who do have to continue to show up to work. Um, And so, you know, the best way that I, you know, would direct folks is to uh, get in contact, go to the picket line. There will be people at the picket line who can give you more information about where a a solidarity school within the school community um, is being organized. We want to make sure that as just like we did in 2019, we work together as a collective. And that call to action is really an open call to action. If you have the capacity and the time you're listening to this cast and you want to support, there are a number of ways you can join any picket line. You can also um, go to donor. uh, I want to say there's a Bread for Ed uh, donation link, and I'll find it um, and, and give it to folks. Um, we need donations for food, supplies for the solidarity schools, for the picket lines. Um, it's the same drill as in 2019 and, and really want to make sure everyone um, can support this strike. We want folks to support this strike um, and, and stand in solidarity. So, so Yuri, the, the strike was authorized based on the district coming to the table in bad faith. Talk about what their bad faith has looked like. One example of that is, you know, we have 21 proposals on the table and they did not start responding to those seriously until I want to say about a week and a half ago. And so, for example, they kept coming to us with um, wanting to change the calendar, the school calendar, like adding uh, days to the calendar for us, um, saying that they would... uh, increase like they were putting out to the public that they were giving us a raise when actually they were you know trying to bargain that they would give us a certain percentage for four more days and uh, two more hours a week um and we must have talked about that you know i don't know more than half a dozen times before they would move on to anything else um and so you know we're talking something as serious about people's um, wages and people cannot stay in Oakland. Um, our compensation team was phenomenal. Uh, came up with a 22.97% is what uh, we would need to reach the median and 
the current first year teacher's salary, it would take someone 11 years to even be able to afford a one bedroom apartment in Oakland. Um, so they were phenomenal. Um, and they actually, to be fair, even because Dublin Unified um, has such high pay, they actually removed them from the equation to not mess up the numbers. Um, so they really made every effort to show accurately the wage disparity. People, you know, like social workers um, could go to other districts and make $20,000 more. Um, so we're trying to close those gaps. And so basically, you know, coming to us and, and not wanting to talk to any talk about anything else except for adding four days to our calendar. That's, that's not bargaining seriously when you've got so many other things on the table that are making, you know, would make a significant impact to our students. This, this seems like a, a, a silly question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I, I think it's important for framing. Would, would you characterize it as teachers want to be on strike or teachers have no choice but to go on strike? Teachers do not want to be on strike. So, I mean, even people on the bargaining team, and it, we had a really real moment when one of our teachers was sharing when she was in direct conversation with people from the district, and it kind of she just kind of blurted it out, like, we don't want to be on strike. You know, we want you to settle. Like, this, they, most teachers have families of their own. We lose pay when we're on the line. So, no, we do not want to be on strike, but we are willing to be on strike for our students, for our families, um, to keep our colleagues in the district, to keep our teachers. Um, something else that we were talking about is, you know, our teachers who have been in the district for 20, 30 years, um, who have been the lowest paid, and now we are, you know, making some of these gains, and we're like, how? what can we do for them? You know, as, as they're getting ready to retire, what what can we do for them? How can we give them some sort of boost as they exit the district? Because we had these what we call dead zones where people um, did not get any pay increase for, you know, seven years. And those are times, you know, those are veteran teachers um, who would leave us at that point. And so, no, we don't want to be out here necessarily. We are happy to be out here to fight for what we deserve, to fight for what our students deserve. Um, we're excited about um, the games that we are going to win. Um, and, we, and we think there are going to be some structural changes as well that are really going to actually make a deep and long-lasting impact on the district and how we do things moving forward. Pakoya, I'm going to give you final thoughts. And I, I, what I'm sitting with, um, you know, I mean, I think you remember, like, I, I came to Oakland as, as an education organizer. So I've been sitting with this district for about 15 years now. And it feels like it is just a constant battle for the basics for children. And... I just talk about that for for a minute, right? Like, as as a, a lover of education, a lover of children, to be in constant battle with the entity that is supposed to be doing one of the most important jobs of our society. Yeah, I mean, I framed it the other day um, in a very, you know, concise way. We are pushing for systems that were never designed to truly serve people of color <laughs> to actually do that, right? And, you know, we are picking up the baton from the civil rights movement. We are picking up a, a long journey to really create 
um, a society that values black and brown children, disabled, differently abled, neurodivergent children. And um, in Oakland, that is the, the, the super majority of our kids. And so there are very um, serious uh, different agendas for what a system for our students looks like. And what our teachers union, what our parents, what our students, what our community is saying is you cannot design that system without us. You cannot tell us how to serve us best without us. <laughs> and that is really the crooks of what's happening in Oakland. It's being able to really advance that vision of co-governance, our shared decision-making, whatever term you want to use it. We're talking about who has the right to really say what makes the systems change in a positive direction for the folks who are at the bottom. When we talk about equity and when we talk about justice, what we're all here on, on the line saying is we want a say. We want a say in how this system is designed. And what OUSD is doing by not bargaining in good faith is saying we don't want you to have a say. And if that's what the district is going to continue to do, if that's going to continue to be the fight, then we're going to continue to show up on the picket lines. We're going to continue to show up and protest and advocate at these school board meetings. We're going to continue to take it to the ballot. We're going to continue to take it to the state and to the county until people show up for justice, show up for equity, show up for the systems change that students deserve. It's not complicated. We want racially just and safe and stable schools and we're going yeah. to continue to fight it's been a fight for this long but i want folks to be clear if we are continuing to push and push we will win hands down we will win we are in a year where we all understand what a community school is that was not mm -hmm. the case 10 years ago we are in a year where we all understand what equity is that was not the case 10 years ago so now mm -hmm. Here we are trying to make those terms real for our kids, and it's going to take all of us. Um, and so that's where I'm at. I want us all to understand it. I don't want this strike to just be a, you know, nice, sexy moment of movement and, and, and chanting. After the strike, there's still going to be hard work. Everyone's going to need to be in their right. school community. Right. Everyone's going to need to wrap around our kids, especially this summer and especially next year. The gains that we can make when we work together are amazing, and I cannot wait for Oakland to make them real. Yes. Zaire, are you over there going, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. something you want to add yeah. there? <laughs> but, um, the bargaining team and the union, we, this is not over when this is over. Like, we are already talking about uh, continuing to do this work over the next year and, and even longer than that. And so I think that's what's been so exciting about the big bargaining team um, and working with our community partners and our families like Picolia, you know, she came in and gave us a pep talk and, you know, really laid out for us where we stand in this moment, like in the history. Oh, that's really Picolia fired up if that's us. the pep talk you got. Yeah. And so we <laughs> like when this strike is over, it's not over for us. Like we are continuing to do the work. There is so much, you know, twenty one proposals yeah. in our contract and we have to continue to do the work to actually keep the district accountable and to make it happen.
Yeah, and I think, and I really, I'm going to wrap us up in a minute, I promise, but, um, and let you all get back to the very important business of striking. Um, I think the thing that, too, that happened three years ago, right, is that the, the intersectionality between the movement for equitable schools and a quality education and quality of life for our teachers with all of our other social justice movement, like, it was just so glaringly clear, which is why OG Plaza on that day that I'll never forget was packed with thousands and thousands of people. Um, and I think it's why you know, last month when there was the Wildcat strike, right, this started on, I think it was supposed to be two high schools, and it spread to almost every single high school in the district, including young people, right? right? right. Like like yeah. my daughter and, and her yeah. friends uh, were out there as well. And the district responded to that by removing sick days and marking them as unpaid absences for those teachers. What does that signal to you? in terms of their intentions moving forward as these negotiations continue? For us, we, Um, that just makes us come out stronger. Yeah. I think it's, I think that it's about the being stronger, but it's also about making sure the one word that we aren't talking about is accountability, right? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, leadership has to, come to a space of accountability. It is disappointing to hear that every time people are standing up for the very mission of this district, it slaps us all back down. And that is what really um, we want folks to know. I wish that I could come on here and say they're implementing all these things we put in resolution format. We got passed by the school board. They're not. They're not implementing reparations for black students. They're not really implementing the community school model with community Mm -hmm. boards at the center. They're not really implementing budget equity. They're not really implementing these things that we all hold true and and, Mm -hmm. and dear to Mm -hmm. us. So, you know, yes, you're right. Today is going to be another day. Come down to OG Plaza at City Hall. Show up. Tell the district. Tell the city. Tell the county. Tell the state by making your presence known at 1230 today that you actually do stand for these things, that you actually believe there is a historical pattern of of disenfranchising black students and families in this district. Show up for that. Show up and say you want our English language learners to have access to culturally relevant curriculum and the, and the supports that they need. Show up for the fact that our disabled black students and um, uh, Latinx and, and, and immigrant students have been displaced in our SPED program. Show up mm-hmm. for all of those things today because, yes, we can look at 2019 as a historical moment, but today is the historical moment. This is May 4th. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a contract for our teachers, and it's been expired for seven months. That means that our teachers Mm -hmm. have been coming in good faith every day to our schools since Mm -hmm. their contract expired. So you all can show up today. Let's pack not only the plaza. Let's pack the streets. Let's really show up and show that our community is tired of this. And I bet you leadership will change. Leadership will change Mm -hmm. their tune, and we might have a tentative agreement by midnight. That would be the best outcome, to have everything in writing, to have a tentative agreement, and to then be able to do the hardest work is wrap this school year up, our first full school year, back from a worldwide pandemic in person. Let's wrap this school year up, send our graduates off to amazing opportunities, make our Mm -hmm. students capable of stepping up, and then spend this summer really 
grounding ourselves in what does it mean to be Oakland Unified School District, not just the superintendent, her leadership, the board against the community. That narrative Mm -hmm. has to end. It has Mm -hmm. to end. We need it to end. And I know that there are people out here who believe in that. But we cannot keep mm-hmm. fighting. It cannot be this narrative of the hills versus the flatlands. It can't be this narrative of, of workers against of, 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 of the boss. Those things mm-hmm. have to die if we want our city and our great, amazing schools to be what they can be. And that's the call to action. All right, Pacoya and Sayer, we're going to leave it there with that call to action. I I have way run out of time on the clock, but we will definitely be yeah. tracking the strike on the show, so I'm sure we will have you both on the airwaves again soon and unlikely to see you in the streets. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.